Hey guys, welcome to episode 2. Don't forget to rate and review and check out our website, theinspirewire.org. Welcome to the Inspire Wire, a podcast where ideas are exchanged, worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the Inspire Wire with your host, Tom Murphy. Welcome to the InspireWire episode 2. We got another great show for you guys today. I'm interviewing Dylan Griswold, my former teammate and classmate at Williams College. Um, right now he is at Stanford Medical School and he kind of tells me about his life after college, being out on the West Coast, and he shares some really cool stories I think you guys are going to really like. We talk about all different types of topics, so... Um, I think you guys will enjoy it, so let's uh, kick it to the interview. All right, everyone, we're here with Dylan Griswold, my good friend and fellow teammate from Williams College. He's uh, at Stanford Medical School, if I'm not mistaken. Dylan, how's it going? Tom, great to great to hear from you. It's been a while. I'm really happy that you asked me to come on your show. I'm um, really just looking forward to catching up with you and, you know, learning more about, um, yeah. you know, what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it has been a while. It hasn't been as long as uh, most of the guys uh, <laughs> from the baseball team. Luckily, I was able to see you down in Palo Alto. Um, yeah, just about a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It was It was good to catch up there and see what life is like for you after school, but, um, why don't you tell me a little bit more about uh, what life is like in, uh, you know, Silicon Valley and stuff like that? Yeah, life is uh, definitely a lot different out here in Silicon Valley as it is in uh, the Purple Valley. Um, you know, one of the um, major differences um, being just how affluent of an area it is. Um, you know, some similarities to the East Coast and the Boston area you know, include people's ambitious attitudes. Um, but it's a little bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit out here. Um, obviously Stanford, uh, is sort of a bubble. So we don't interact much with the larger Silicon Valley, um, biosphere as a whole. Yeah. Um, like you were saying that a lot of people like, uh, families in that area, the kids are learning to code when they're in high school and mm. things like that. It's all, it's all about, um, it's, it's definitely a crazy, crazy place to be. Remember, I remember when I was visiting you, you were saying that your cousin asked you to move down to Santa Cruz to start a, <laughs> do a startup. Mm -hmm. That's just yeah, the my way cousin. it is out there, huh? That's just the way it is. Yeah. My cousin left his job at Apple and I uh, started working for a startup out in Santa Cruz and he wanted me to come with, um, and you know, it was either that or, um, try to find something to do in sort of the medical field. Cause I was still waiting to hear back from uh, medical schools and, you know, after discerning, you know, sort of what my next few years were going to look like, I decided to say no to that and, um, ended up getting a job up at UCSF in the neurosurgery department. Oh, that's awesome. But, uh, it's crazy how that happened because 
he was willing to take you on and you had no experience uh, writing code <laughs> or anything like that? None, none, no yeah. experience whatsoever. But that's great that you got your job and, and now you're you're accepted into Stanford and you're and and things are going smooth, right? Well, yeah, um, you know, medical school is uh, a lot more work than undergrad was at Williams, um, but uh, it's all pass-fail, and so it really takes off a lot of the stress that I had in undergrad, um, and so I'm no longer worried about um, getting a 90 on an exam, and it's just all about passing, but it's just so much information, so you really just have to stay on top of it. Um, and one of the nice things about being here at Stanford is, um, just how, um, you know, non-competitive the students are and just how diverse of interests everyone has. Everyone's really invested in something else. Um, and actually most of the people don't go to class. Um, they're involved in other research activities. Um, you don't see people that often, um, except when you, you're studying together. So, you know, again, it's all about that entrepreneurial spirit. Like Stanford really likes their medical students to be um, well-rounded and involved in a lot of other things. It's sort of a very, very, very unique medical school um, in comparison to um, a lot of the others in that regard. Well, that's uh, I'm sure that's a breath of fresh air because I <laughs> being at Williams, you know, you know, it was a grind, even for someone who maybe isn't as technically or or like as ambitious of a student, um, it's still quite the effort, you know? Yeah, I mean, Williams, uh, what I'm realizing is that Williams is very, very, very difficult and demanding. Even the undergrads here are a lot less stressed as a whole, and they don't have as much pressure on them as we did at Williams. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, how small the student body is at Williams um, and, you know, how invested the professors are. Like, all oh, the professors here are interested in research, and, like, teaching isn't really their main goal. But at Williams, all the teachers are very invested and really push you. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. So, well, that that's great to hear. Um, that's awesome. So, if I'm not mistaken, you're, what you're going for is oncology research, so I'm actually uh, pursuing neurosurgery. Um, I want to be a neurosurgeon. Um, and so I have uh, four more years of medical school here after this, and then um, seven to eight years of residency after that. So, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. I've got 12 more years of, of training before I get my first yeah. real job. Um, and I am considering um, uh, applying to the PhD program uh, to do an MD PhD. Um, and you know, so this summer actually I'm, I'm coming back to Boston, um, to work at Boston children's with, um, Dr. Kubnarova, who is the director of, uh, pediatric neurosurgical oncology at Boston children's. And, uh, so I'll be working with her this summer, um, doing brain tumor research and, uh, just sort of helping her out with, you know, writing her research papers and, you know, anything that she needs me to do. So I'm really excited about that because, um, you know, I am interested in oncology, but more specifically brain tumors. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm excited for what lies ahead in that regard. But, you know, these first two years of medical school are really just sort of geared towards uh, getting my background anatomy, basic science down, 
um, and really just getting a good handle on medicine as a whole. Yeah. I've always been interested in like uh, neuroscience, just in a mm. general sense. I don't mm. know um, how deep I would go into it, but I'm sure that's uh, definitely a fascinating subject. And I'm sure it's also, you know, a rewarding one because obviously the brain is like one of the most important, like if not the most important um, organ. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's really interesting and that's, and that's cool. So. Congrats it's on just that. yeah, it's just amazing like how complex the brain is and how little we know about it. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm very much interested in, addition to brain tumors, is um, you know psychiatric disease because psychiatric disease is something that just is debilitating to people. Um, and not only that, but it um, you know really contributes to a lot of uh, disability in the workforce. Um, so it's not only a public health issue, but also a financial economic issue um, as far as people's ability to fully contribute to the economy. Yeah, no, that that's that sounds really cool. I mean, and and the good thing is, like, you're someone who really once they get that interest, you know, you you really pursue it really hard. So I'm sure you're going to you're going to do big things. So. I'll definitely be uh, keeping track of how that's going and hopefully have more talks later in the future, see how things are going. But So why don't you tell me a little bit more about um, this cool Stanford lifestyle because I know I remember when I visited you, um, you were like working at Stanford but weren't yet um, a student, student there. But now that you're there... Um, you're getting more of a sense of what it's like to be a student. And also, if I'm not mistaken, you did get a chance to kind of participate um, on the Stanford baseball team. Yep. Yeah, so um, this is really interesting. So um, in October uh, October 24th, 2015, I had a dream one night where I was wearing a Stanford baseball uniform um, and standing on the mound at, wow. at the field. And, um, you know, I was like, I, and I very rarely, um, have dreams. And so this one really like stuck out to me and I wrote it down. And, um, so I, uh, you know, I had been injured two years at Williams, right. Right. And Tommy John and the first Tommy John, um, you know, didn't go well. And so they had to go back in there and, um, do it again. And so I ended up missing two seasons. And so I, I knew I had, I potentially had an extra year of eligibility. And so having this dream and in the back of my head, knowing that I might have an extra year of eligibility, I was like, whoa, you know, and my faith is very important to me. So, um, naturally I said, okay, God, is this something that you want me to pursue? And, um, I talked to the athletes chaplain at Stanford. Um, and you know, he said, well, that's absolutely crazy. Um, I'm not sure if that really means anything, but just keep praying about it. And so, um, then, you know, I said, okay, well, I don't even have an interview at Stanford. Um, my chance of getting in is 1.5%. Um, so this is not looking very good, but if I do happen to get an interview, then, you know, I'll, I'll start thinking about it a little more. Well, in February, I got invited for an interview 
And um, then, you know, it came back up where I was like, okay, this might be a possibility. This whole time I was playing in a men's league and uh, my arm just felt really good. I felt strong. I was throwing well. And, um, you know, my best friend here um, is one of the catchers on the team. And so, you know, one, one day he's like, why don't you come throw a bullpen to me just to see how, like, how you're feeling, how you're throwing. Yeah. And, and so, um, and it, sorry to interrupt, but um, when I visited you, I remember you saying that you were really doing really well in the men's league and you were killing it. I was doing really well. Yeah. Hitting wise too, like right? 15, 16, I was like 15, 16, 17 strikeouts a game um, and was throwing the best I ever have. And, you know, I was a little bit bitter. I was like, God, like, why couldn't I have healed quicker? Because like, it wasn't until our senior day game where I, you know, was starting to get back and I went six innings and, you know, then it was the end of the season. I was like, all right, well, that was it, you know? Yep. And so, but then like I kept throwing and kept improving and getting better. And, um, so, you know, then when I threw to their catcher, you know, I threw really well and he's like, dude, like that was great. Like I'm going to go talk to the pitching coach and, uh, just let him know that, you know, you could definitely throw for us. And, um, so he did that. And, um, so I gave him a call, left a message, didn't hear back from him. Um, because I hadn't gotten in and, you know, I didn't know if I had an extra year of eligibility. So he was like, don't, he told my buddies, like, you know, like we have to wait and see for a lot of different things. And so then, um, I flew back to Williams, um, in May and, um, I'd been put on the wait list for Stanford and, um, Stanford, uh, very rarely accepts people off the wait list. Um, and so, you know, I wasn't holding my breath. Um, and I was, and I, at that point I was ready to, you know, keep working for the next year, apply again. But, um, so I flew back to Williams and, uh, Kirby was there and we went and watched the game. And as we were watching the game, um, I looked down and there was a voicemail from the dean of the medical school. And she said, Hey, Dylan, you know, I just want to let you know that you've been accepted. Um, we're so excited that we're able to offer you, offer you a spot. And I was just like, at that point, standing on the baseball field, you know, the guys coming over, hugging me and, you know, Kirby's there. He's got tears in his eyes and it was just an emotional experience because at that point, um, you know, I, I knew that, uh, God wanted to do something with baseball and the baseball wasn't finished. And, uh, you know, I've got like all the guys in the Stanford baseball team texting me that day. They're up in Oregon playing. But before the game, they're like, dude, like, this means like you like got to get these things in motion. And so at that point, I was like, all right, all right. And um, so I called the compliance officer at Williams um, to see if I had an extra eligibility. And uh, so she like asked me to send in all the paperwork. And she's like, well, like everything on our end is done. Now it goes back to Stanford to see what happens. And um, so then, you know, over the summer, you know, I just kept playing, kept staying in shape, you know, did the summer workout with my buddy. And, um, so I walked into, uh, so the pitching coach wanted to meet with me. And so I tell him my whole story and everything. And he's like, all right, that's pretty crazy. Um, but you got to talk to the head coach. Um, so went in, talked to the head coach, met with him for like an hour. And, um, you know, we kept talking and everything. And, um, so he, uh, he comes out and, uh, he goes right into the pitching coach's office 
and says, make sure this kid's on the roster. And then shakes my hand. He's like, I'm really excited for you. You're going to add a lot to this team. And, and wait, wait, wait. So this meeting with the head coach, it was just, it just happened like that. And he just happened like that. He was it, going it off. He was going off he was, the word of he was your going off, catcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going off the word of my catcher. And like, and based on like how I held myself and what we talked about, he just had a good feeling about it. And, um, so I was just blown away. I was like, whoa. And so then, um, you know, the day before practice starts, we have a team meeting and, um, you know, all the new guys, all the freshmen, freshman recruits have to stand up in the locker room and introduce themselves And the locker rooms. Just unbelievable. You know, they've got, <laughs> They've got like leather couches, mahogany, like lockers. And, uh, so I walk in and see my name on the locker and I just like almost start crying. You know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is unreal. And my, and so, uh, you know, we've got to go around and, you know, I get up and introduce myself to the team and, uh, all the guys stand up and they start clapping, you know, cause they've, wow. no, they, like a lot of them know, like know me personally, know like, the, what I've been through with all this. And it was just such an emotional experience, like how much support I had from the team. And, um, it was really just amazing. And, um, then the, uh, NCAA, the day we started fall ball in September, um, flagged my file and they said, um, we're not like, we need to do a thorough review. Um, because, you know, like, we don't really, we don't know what's going on here. So they asked for more notes from my surgeon, notes from the trainer at Williams. And week after week, they kept delaying it. They kept delaying it. Finally, after a month, the compliance officer at Stanford is like, look, this is the hardest, um, compliance, um, thing that we've had. And, uh, so we don't really know if this is going to go through. And so at that point, I'm like, I just had, faith that something was going to happen that this wasn't the end um yeah. and two days later um Pine's officer called me as i'm in class and she said i've been waiting to give this news to you um the last month but you're cleared that's awesome and um and so um you know that day um was october 24th 2016 one year from having that dream and that realizing that it was the same day that I got cleared as I had the dream was just totally confirmation. Mind that, blown. Like, mind blown. I was like, yeah. uh, my mind was legitimately blown. And um, so, you know, I, I pitched really, really well throughout all the fall and, um, you know, struck out the side one time and it was just like surprising myself. I was like, what the heck? I pitched it so well. And, uh, end of the fall came and uh pitching coach sits me down he's like Dylan look like you pitched extremely well like but you know I can't in good conscience cut one of these freshmen who I'm going to be with who I've recruited and who are on scholarship yeah um over you at you're, you know you're a medical student you have, you've got so much going for you um we know how that works since like that even at Williams there was you know uh you know prejudice 
well, not prejudice, yeah. but like priority for the younger guys. For the younger guys, exactly. You know, and you know, me as a as a walk on, I'm not even on scholarship, and these freshmen have been recruited and everything on scholarship. So, you know, I like I understood. I was frustrated, you know, but you know, going out like that and you know really having a good fall season. Um, you know, and knowing that, you know, okay, because I barely passed my classes in the fall. Yeah. I never, I never was in school. Like it was, so, you know, I was the first, um, athlete in the medical school that the medical school has had. Um, and it was just impossible to do schoolwork. And yeah. the baseball schedule was like, wake up at five, you're in the locker room at five thirty, then you got weights, then you got running, then you've got practice one thirty to five thirty. It's just, impossible to get anything done and uh you know but i did get a great sense of what undergrad life was at stanford um you know going out with the guys and yeah no that that's a great story and um i'm really happy for you and and everything that worked out and um that's a life changer right there you know um complete you know 360 from you know the struggles that you went through at williams with your arm and uh, injury that that's really cool so that's awesome yeah it's a great experience yeah. for sure aside from that you've been enjoying the more laid-back Stanford atmosphere um, and uh, how is you you talked a little bit about undergrad life and and you know hanging with the guys and stuff how is the uh, the always interesting romantic life of Dylan Griswold <laughs> <laughs> That is a great and dangerous question. <laughs> um, oh, the romantic life of Joan Grizzle. Um, so the romantic life is um, no current girlfriend. Um, there are, um, you know, one of the, you know, I'm leading um, a lot of Christian ministries on campus. Nice. Um, and... You know, with that comes a lot of uh, responsibility with um, how I interact with uh, the women on campus. Um, and so, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm just focusing on school, focusing on, you know, keeping uh, a solid prayer life. But that doesn't mean that I don't notice all the beautiful women on campus and yeah. that are in California. And, yeah, you know, I've... The uh, I spring and... The spring yeah. and summer is coming around. Yeah, spring and summer is coming around. Sundress Thursdays. You know, we we always look forward to that that first sundress day at Williams. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that no, that that's that's a good answer. Um, I'm sure you're doing your best to uh, maintain that good reputation, and um, <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure there. Are plenty of we'll, girls. We'll leave it at that, right? We'll, yeah, leave, it at that. we'll leave it at that. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of girls, as usual, who are lining up to try to get at uh, Dylan Griswold. But um, no, that's um, good that you're staying strong. You know. Yeah. In, in, well, I'm doing my best. Yeah. So. <laughs> internal struggles. You know. The internal struggles. You know. You know how my internal struggles are. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, that's good. That's good. Um, so looks like your plans for the future are pretty tied up as far as, uh, 
you know, academically and, and work related, you, you got a nice path for yourself. Um, but have you thought about, uh, like later down the road? Uh, I remember we had a conversation that you were, you were kind of interested in being, um, a surgeon in an area where you could impact, um, you know, like an underprivileged, may, uh, possibly an underprivileged um, population, or I, I don't know what you're what you're thinking about long term as far as where you want to practice or, or mm. where you want to be long term. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just really willing um, to do whatever um, God lays in my heart. You know, the you know one of the one of, one of my favorite quotes is um, as man plans, God laughs. And, you know, my life has been a testament to that. You know, I think I'm going to do one thing and then God leads me in another direction. And so, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if I don't even end up becoming a neurosurgeon and I end up like doing something completely different. But um, as far as what my own plans and where my own desires are, I, I absolutely am very much invested and interested in um, helping improve neurosurgical care and education in low resource settings um, in some countries um, in sub-Saharan Africa there are there's only like one neurosurgeon per 12 million 12 million people and yeah. that's just crazy um, it, because you know here in the US we have one neurosurgeon per you know 6,000 people so it is a completely um, different shift. And, you know, I remember that, that, uh, you know, we shared a room in Hilton head yep. and, uh, I remember saying, you know, my, my dream is really to, you know, live in an area like that and, uh, you know, marry someone who would be willing to come with me, um, who maybe is interested in education, building a school, you know, setting up a hospital. Right. Um, you know, so I'm, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also interested on, um, you know, the political aspect that ties into that because it's not just enough to go in to a specific area and help, you know, build infrastructure in one area. But, you know, you know, a lot of these issues can be solved um, through the public health sector and, you know, politically through policy. So I have a, uh, a call set up next week with um, one of the neurosurgeons here who served as a uh, White House fellow. Um, and who has been involved in uh, policy work. Um, and uh, I went to the public policy um, info session a couple of weeks ago just to sort of check that out. Um, you know, there's just so much um, in the world and, and life to explore um, in such a limited time. Um, I'm reading this book, um you know, called You Are the Universe uh, by Deepak Chopra. And uh, it's just so interesting. Um, you know, I'm only, you know, about a third of the way through the book, but um, it just goes through, um, you know, uh, Einstein's formulations of special relativity, general relativity, um, new quantum mechanics. And, you know, when you start thinking about things on such a grandiose scale, you just, you know, realize how small you are. Um and how just intricate uh, the universe is and how, you know, mathematics and physics just describe so much of, of the world. Um, yeah. And so I don't, I don't really want to, I don't want to limit myself um, and pigeonhole myself in one specific area. 
um, you know, much like yourself. I'm, yeah, I, uh, I'm very totally interested. on the same page. For You're sure. totally on the same right. page, you know, like you, like I don't want to get stuck in the same job and just, you know, I say, I say if, if I am a professor here and playing golf on Saturdays, then I did it wrong, you know, right. then I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to just, um, follow along with the status quo, um, yeah. and allow the river to take me where, um, it leads, you know, I really just want to, you know, sort of explore and, and find, um, different things that I can do that are going to not only help people, but interest me. Yeah. I, I really, I really think whether it be books or, or what have you, something that gives you that perspective that you really are a small portion of the universe is really something that's inspiring because it makes you want to go, you know, take advantage of the time we have. And, and, and that realization is, is really cool. And, um, that's kind of why I have this podcast is because like you, who are what you were saying, um, that you kind of want to not pigeonhole yourself and, and, you know, take an opportunity when it, and when it meets you, whether, whatever it may be, if it's the right moment and the right decision at that time, then that's the way you're going to go. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing here is trying to find inspiration and, and who knows what it might be, but this is kind of opening me up to a lot of different things that are outside my, my like world right now. Which is always so important. You know, you, you need to get outside of yourself. Um, yeah. you, you absolutely do. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, that's awesome. I'll definitely have to check that book out and, uh, no, you really like it. You'll really yeah. like it. Um, so we got into your, your goals and you kind of told us a little bit about what you're interested in right now. So, um, are there any, um, other things going on, any interests, hobbies besides, I, obviously you're super busy right now with, mm. um, the medical school, um, uh, and, but maybe there are f- a few things that you've gotten into, um, because you're out on the West coast, maybe you tried surfing, mm. maybe you've done a few things, um, or gotten into a hobby of some sort. What do you do in your spare time now? Uh, so that's a really good question. Um, you know, last year before school started, I was surfing quite a bit, um, down with my cousin and, uh, tried to hike and explore. Um, but, you know, honestly, um, at this point right now, um, you know, a lot has happened in my personal life over the course of the last year or so. And, you know, I just realized how, you know, as you know, like I'm always go, go, go take on all these different leadership positions and, right. you know, just always like going and doing. And, um, you know, that's unsustainable and it's no way to live. Um, and so, uh, this quarter I have been making it a priority to limit my commitments and to really just focus on settling down, getting more balance in my life, um, uh, taking care of my mental health, sleeping a lot more. Um, you know, I'm trying to get nine or 10 hours of sleep every night. Um, trying to, you know, improve my diet and, um, you know, I've been, you know, lifting six days a week. So that helps. Um, and, you know, I would say like for the most part, um, you know, my biggest hobby is, is weightlifting. 
That's pretty um, time consuming. Six days a week. Know. Yeah, and six days you, a week. And then you also have like the sleeping too. For me, that's that's a tough one because I'd always feel the benefits when I do get that extra sleep. Mm. But it's definitely a tough one to do. So that's that's good. I mean, I mean, one of the things I've realized is um, by sleeping more. Um, you're able to retain more information. Your body performs better. You feel better. And so you get more done, um, in your waking hours. Um, even if you're losing, um, you know, hours of time that you otherwise wouldn't be getting, you know, your body just really needs sleep. And I really think like sleep and nutrition are the best medicine. Uh, preventative medicine is, is more important, um, than reactive medicine. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's cool. Yeah, I definitely got to do some of that. Just, you know, take some time to, you know, just working on, you know, rest time and getting the self better. But, um, no, I mean, this is awesome. I was a great interview, and um, I'm definitely looking forward to talking to you in the future um, and hope all things are well, you know. Yeah, thanks, Tom. really appreciate you having me on the show. Um, hope we can uh... – catch up more often and maybe um you know the summer provided we're both uh in massachusetts would uh, love to get together and and just hang out yeah yeah for sure i'm definitely down um uh, I'll, I'll be in touch are there any um like plugs or anything you want to uh mention i know i had you mentioned that book um uh any plugs yeah so um i uh you know one of my uh you know, personal ministries is, you know, I write a meditation, put together a meditation, um, every morning. Um, so if you would like to, um, check that out, then you can add me on Facebook, uh, Dylan Griswold. Um, if you type in Dylan Griswold Stanford, I'll pop up and add me as a friend. Um, you can see what's all my goings on with ministry and, um, you know, from there, message me. Um, would love to talk about anything that's going on in your personal life. And uh, I'll I'll vouch for Dylan uh, as far as you know, um, as far as it goes with the religion and the you know path with God. I I don't share that exact viewpoint, but as far as you know, uh, ideals, inspirations, and interests. We definitely are like right on the same page, mm, and, for sure. And, and we can definitely bond over a lot of things that, um, you know, like Dylan gets a lot of inspiration from God, and and a lot of that inspiration I totally you know jive with. So, um, whatever whatever that you know, however that works, I don't know, but it it works for us. And I <laughs> I, think, I, th- I I read some of your daily inspiration. And it's really cool. So. Uh, definitely check it out. So, great. we've had some great combos. So, um, all right, man, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'll talk to you. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate right. it, man. Take care. All right, guys. So that was the interview with Dylan Griswold. I really enjoyed talking to him, uh, and uh, I always have great conversations with Dylan. And uh, my main takeaway from that is like. Uh, the great thing about Dylan is once he gets his mindset and once he has something he he thinks is right, you know he he goes for it 100%, and that's a great mindset to have. You know, a little backstory on him when he was uh, 
right after college, he moved out there to the West Coast, and he was he was really invested in in Stanford. He was really he he knew that that's where he wanted to be, and he kind of was out there, you know, and trying to get into that uh, medical school program. And the great thing was that if Dylan hadn't got in to Stanford Med that year, you knew that he was going to go back and apply again, and and until he got in. So um, that's that's just Dylan, you know, he, he's determined. So a, a real good have to have is kind of to not give up. Another little story for you guys that I think. Um, is worth mentioning is uh, in that story when he's talking about making the baseball team and throwing with the catcher um, he he mentioned that the catcher was his best friend there and I'm sure you guys were all thinking like how is he the best friend like how is he getting how is he friends with kids on the Stanford baseball team and he's just moving out to the west coast but uh, it's a funny story because he actually, when I visited him, he told me about how he kind of infiltrated the student athlete Bible study group at Stanford, the undergraduate Stanford uh, Bible study group for student athletes. And I was like, do they know that you like aren't an athlete at the college and you're not an undergraduate student or a graduate student at all? And he's like, I mean, he's like, yeah, but like, it's cool, like they they all they all like me. So uh, and I was just like, it was a crazy story, but um, but that you could tell like he really wanted to be at Stanford and he really wanted to be involved in the athletics in some way. And and, and when you have that um, passion for something and you really and you really pursue it like that, things seem to fall into place. And and it was great to see that that worked out for Dylan. So so again. Um, I want to hear a lot of feedback from you guys. Um, any questions you have for me, I'd love to hear what you th- thought about the interview or any questions you had. For our next podcast episode, we have a special guest, my friend Mari, uh, a new and upcoming artist uh, from Chicago uh, and my former classmate and teammate on the football team at Williams College. Most recently, he, after college, and actually during college, he started his career as an artist. He's been making a lot of really cool songs, and uh, he's just a really cool person. And, and I got a chance to catch up with him at the um, homecoming on 2016 and talk to him a little bit and, and learned about how things are going. And, and I got a chance to interview him. My plan right now is to get that episode available on Wednesday. So in the meantime, you can check out Mari on Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes. So, all right, tune in for the next episode. See you next time.